So it's the middle of January and I am cold. I'm in the city, it's snowing, it's frigid, and I am only stepping outside if it's absolutely necessary. I read a book a while ago that convinced me that the Danish way of living leads to a happier life. Staying in on cold days, snuggling up with a good book, eating a warm meal, and just making your environment peaceful and relaxing. Which is why I have been obsessed with my home essential oil diffuser. It's small and chic, so you have no idea that it's there, but it truly makes my apartment smell like heaven and totally lowers my cortisol. So if you are looking to treat yourself to a home essential oil diffuser, head to our show notes and tap on the unique link and use code Veronica10 at checkout for 10% off your diffuser. Again, that's code Veronica10, V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A-10, Veronica10, for 10% off your order at home. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Martinis and Bikinis. I am your hostess, Veronica Julia, and today we have an episode that embodies everything fashion, fitness, and just fun stories. I felt like I had been slacking on bringing on powerhouses in the fashion industry to the podcast, which is why I had to call on the big dogs that have quite literally done it all. Say hello to Emily Kammeyer Sumner, who is a former fashion designer turned creator, soon to be first time mom and truly the most fabulous and fit pregnant person I've probably ever met. In this episode, we are talking about her journey from being in the fashion industry to being the face of the industry, her crazy journey living in New York City, meeting her husband, aka Banana Math Man, which we'll get into later, her fertility journey, her dream runway show, and so much more. So without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Emily to Martinis and Bikinis. Hello, hello, and welcome to Martinis and Bikinis, the podcast for everything under the sun. I am your hostess, Veronica Julia, and I am here to help you navigate your 20s through all things lifestyle, beauty, and fashion. So if you're ready, let's dive into today's episode. You and your photographer are just dynamic duo. You guys have been working together for how long? We've been working together... Oh... Pretty much since I ran the marathon live on Lululemon's global Instagram. What? Kind of how we met each other. And that was six years ago. Six years ago. Well, first let's unpack that. <laughs> so you ran the New York marathon. I ran the New York marathon. With Lululemon? With Lululemon. That is so cool. Um, I do not recommend doing this, but slightly untrained. Oh, no. <laughs> um. I was a running ambassador for them for five years and it was the best experience. It was absolutely amazing. I love them as a brand. I loved all of my like team and like family, honestly, that I had through the brand. And they found out like four weeks before the marathon that I was going to run it. But I was like teetering if I should defer my entry for the next year because I've been traveling in China for a month for work leading up to it. And so I came home, I was at this event and they were like talking about something marathon related. And I was like, oh, I might run the marathon. They're like, amazing. Um, we might have an opportunity for you. And I was like, okay, like, would you run it live on the global Instagram in front of, I think at that point they had like three and a half, four million followers or something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like. Y yes, but also internally was like, 
this is really stupid. Like I haven't <laughs> trained properly and I might die slash not cross the finish line. But uh, I think like the amount of like energy that was running through me because I was doing it with them. And I kept getting people like tapping me during the race being like, Emily, are you Emily on Lululemon's Instagram? <laughs> Which is so Stop weird it. and so random. Really just kind of like kept me going. And like my final shot, like I filmed for just like two and a half days with them. And they just like gave me the login and were like, all right, you go. That's pretty bold. It was really bold. I was like, that's a lot of trust. So was it people that were also running that were tapping you? Saying, yes. Yeah. So they were like, hey. They're just looking at their phones? Is that, I, I've heard that that's what people do when they're running. They're on I their phones. I don't think they were really on their phones, but it was me for like two days leading up to the race right. too, being like me getting my bib. Prepping me, like, what am I eating the night before the race? What's my, like, meditation breath work thing? And so it had been, like, two days of content leading up to it. Right. I've always wondered how people that are running know that their loved ones are in particular spots. And I guess they tell them beforehand. Tell but them beforehand. And you get your bib has a little chip on it nowadays. Oh. And you track the runners. I did not so, know So, like, you could my do that. husband and my best friend turned my marathon into a drinking game. <laughs> And a bar crawl through New York City. And so they, I think they hit four stops. That's amazing. So they were drunk by the time they got to me. <laughs> I was <crazy>. exhausted. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, they just like tracked me through the the New York Roadrunners app. That is so cool. What a bucket list item. That's I know. Amazing. I'm like, that was my first marathon. I'm like, how do you top this? I had never been to a New York marathon until this year. And oh, New York's amazing. Well, I'm from New Orleans, so it reminded me a lot of Mardi Gras. Yes, it's a giant block party. Yeah. New York City on Marathon Day, to me personally, is the best day of the entire year in the city. Everyone's happy. Everyone's just like excited to cheer on total strangers that they don't know. Right. And there's something about watching the marathon that like you can't help but cry because it's like, it's so emotional watching these people like give it their all. Like literally like you're watching people and you're like, mm, you might not make it. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I, I can't imagine doing that physically, emotionally, mentally. So being able to watch all of these people just accomplish this huge goal was so cool. And just see all their loved ones and strangers, like you said, just rooting them on and just being supportive was super cool. And I loved the signs. That was one of my favorite parts. Oh yeah. The signs <laughs> are really good. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let's start. I like to intro my guest okay. with Letting them tell the audience about their roots. So where you're from or just anything that people might not know about you or just some fun little facts. Okay. Just sprinkle them in there. Amazing. Yes. So I'm Emily Camire <laughs> Sumner and I'm originally from Chicago. I moved to New York right after college because I majored in creative design and your options were real limited. So I came straight to New York after testing out LA for like six months. I am a total adventure junkie, which is going to get real interesting seeing as in about three months, I'm going to give birth to my first child. And so things people really don't know about me are I 
love to scuba dive. I have dove in the most shark infested waters in the world. Oh my gosh. Um, where, where is that? Which is Cocos Island off of Costa Rica. It's the largest uninhabited island in the world. Wow. Um, and I did a 10 day live aboard for the hammerhead shark migration, which was totally crazy. <laughs> and in hindsight, kind of reckless because I was I, maybe this is like the story of my life, not properly trained. <laughs> and um, we actually had just started dating my husband and he was like, hey, I want to go do this dive trip. You're you're certified, aren't you? And I was like, but I wasn't like, I had no idea what I was right. doing. And so that kind of also keys into one of the things and one of the attributes about myself that I think really has gotten me to where I am is... I said yes to all the weirdest, craziest stuff along the way. That's how I met my husband. It's how I ended up kind of like going through my career. It's how I met some of my best friends. So I tend to like the interesting, crazy, maybe not like run-of-the-mill way of living your life. Right. Unconventional. Unconventional. And that's the type of people that I love bringing on here because I feel like it's just so interesting to hear everybody's unique perspectives of how they've kind of routed their lives. And I think hearing from people that have chose the unconventional or the spontaneous mm -hmm. is just so incredibly interesting to me. But I want to hear about how you and your husband met. <laughs> it's a good one. It's funny because I love, I love talking to new friends in New York. Cause you always, you, you almost always get the, so how did you meet them? So again, this is going to be wildly unconventional, but when I first moved to New York, I knew no one. I knew like my roommate kind of who we had gone to fashion school together. We both happened to move to New York and we're like, well, we can't afford to live by ourselves. So, mm -hmm. you know, you oh. find an apartment. <laughs> Sorry. But, no, you're uh. good. <laughs> um, and so I found this group of friends that was exploring <laughs> abandoned places in New York for the fun of it. This is like pre-Instagram, uh, which is totally going to age me by saying that. Um, and we were literally like exploring Tesla's lab on Long Island. Uh, we were exploring what? the abandoned 18th Street subway station off of the 6, which we had to run on the subway tracks to get to. Like we were doing <laughs> totally ridiculous things, things you only do in your early 20s, I hope. <laughs> um, and my husband wanted to join this group. He was like peripheral friends with people in this group. And it was very small because we were kind of doing like not super legal stuff. <laughs> um, and so... I was at a dinner party at a Sri Lankan restaurant in the East Village called Sagiri, and he came to the dinner party to plead his case that he was Trevor and he would like to join the group. And we sat across from each other and immediately had this like very like tongue in cheek witty banter between the two of us. Uh, but it happened we were both dating people at the time. So over that year, I did not realize this, but he was like, laying down the foundation for us to date. Oh. He would invite me to sneaky. dinner parties. He would host at his apartment. He would sit my then boyfriend right next to him. And um, and then a year later, I happened to break up with that very lovely but 
kind of white bread guy. Mm-hmm. And on Halloween 14 years ago, I went home with a guy in a banana costume and now I'm married to him. Wait. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. The fact that he was in a banana costume too. Oh yeah. Iconic. Yeah. And not only that, but they were banana costumes that they all made themselves from scratch. <laughs> so they weren't just like store-bought bananas. And they were a bunch of bananas. <laughs> I think there were like eight of them. And they were totally outrageous, way over the top. Oh, my um, But like very endearing. He seems like a gem. He is a gem. Aww. He's the best. I'm married to, for me, the best person. That's amazing. I feel like that is something from a movie. It is. You, you we, guys we were a, doing illegal <laughs> like subway a, things, sneaking into Tesla uh, factories and we we have a we have a very wild like life relationship. I constantly I don't know, like I have a lot of pinch me moments where I'm yeah. like I was a kid like growing up in the Midwest and like this very like not conservative, but like relatively normal, not outrageous family. Mm-hmm. And somehow I've found to me like an absolute like dream life, which I love. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I feel like that's everybody's wildest dreams just to find their partner and their equal and somebody yeah. that can just make life exciting yeah. and interesting. It's hard to find that person. Yeah. Especially in New York. <laughs> All my single girlfriends, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm like, I know it's fun. Like dating in New York is fun, but you also get like a bunch of crazy weirdos. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I honestly haven't really experienced it to like the full capacity here. I feel like I've really just been focusing on myself and my friends and making sure that I have a good community here. And like even meeting you and like having the event at SLT and like just having people that are interested in the same things and just growing my network and community that way has been so important. You'll meet the right people that way though. Yeah. It's to be honest when you're, this is so cliche, but when you're not looking for the person is most likely the time you're going to find the person. Mm -hmm. Um, and you also being, I was not a fully formed version of myself when I met my husband, I was 24 Mm -hmm. and I have changed and evolved as into who I am today, but I've changed over and over and over again throughout our relationship. But like knowing who you are before you enter something that could be like your end all be all relationship is so important. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like you have lived so many different lives. I've lived a lot. You've been in two different jobs within the fashion industry. You were a technical designer. Yeah. And then now you have your own brand. Yeah. And you're a fashion influencer and you're working with all these incredible brands. So tell me more about that. What has that shift been like? Oh my gosh, that was a terrifying shift. I had worked in corporate and startup fashion my whole career since college, and I loved it. I also loved the stability of it. I was very much a, like, I love having a schedule every day, and I loved knowing that I was making an impact at a brand, but I really did not consider the idea of working for myself. So I, my last in-house job, I was the director of technical design at Universal Standard. I was their first employee, helped them build the brand. So I think we were like, I don't know, 60, 65 employees when I left four years later. And I got to the point where I was, had started 
my blog slash Instagram. And I didn't plan on being a job. And all of a sudden I had like two full-time jobs and was running a team and doing all this stuff, which was great. But at some point I wasn't sleeping mm-hmm. and my husband was like, I think you got to pick. And so the thought though, that someone wasn't going to give me a paycheck every month and I was going to have to go out and like make sure I was earning enough money myself and be like super hungry was terrifying. Very helpful that I have a partner who has a job, although his jobs have not always been like, you know, the easy, simple ones. They've been startup jobs too. Right. But he made it easier for me to be able to say, all right, I'm going to have a year of runway. Um, I'm going to go test this out. I'm going to see if I love it, if I make enough money doing it. And if I don't, okay, cool. I'll go get another job. Like there are always more jobs. But I don't know. It was like, two months out of the gate and like everyone just showed up and all the brands I wanted to work with just started falling into line. And I teed up a lot of that before I left. So that was amazing slash terrifying. And I really also loved what I was doing in fashion, which was mostly technical design, some creative design. And so I decided, okay, well, if I can consult a little bit, I don't know, 30% of my like work time, keep my toes in that industry, I feel like I could really be the fullest, happiest version of myself because I get to be creatively fulfilled in so many different ways. Right. That's amazing. And I noticed that you had kind of started in the blogging sphere. Yeah. What do you think of that whole scene now? Do you feel like blogging is still like beneficial? Because I feel like I'm not seeing it as much as I used to. And now it's more of like a pivot to social media, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. There was like a resurgence of it. I felt like kind of during like, I don't know, maybe like three years ago. But what I'm seeing more is like people starting sub stacks, Mm -hmm. which actually is kind of like where I'm going to like move my like longer form content. Because I think what people are willing to consume is like a newsletter, right. which is pretty much what a Substack is. Right. Um, and that's easy enough. I We're just like not currently built to like read this like super long form blog content these days, I don't think. Right. I think our patience has definitely been tested oh, over yeah. the last few TikTok years. TikTok is like, Ruined listen, I, lo- I love TikTok, <laughs> but like our attention spans are like this big oh like a peanut not even but it's really interesting because I think a lot of brands actually choose to work with a lot of people that have a big community within their newsletters yeah and I think that's like a really great route to go well it also makes a big difference because if you think about like the community around a newsletter you own that community you own those emails you like that is worth money tiktok instagram all social media like we don't really own all of that content sitting there. That is sitting on someone else's platform. Right. And so it is actually really important to differentiate content and make sure that like if something happened to Instagram, if something happened to TikTok, like you have another route, you have another avenue. There's like another outlet. Yeah. And it's interesting because whenever I was first starting my business, I was told that same thing that you own their emails and that should be your first point of contact with the people in your community at all times. Yeah. And 
It's not considered a cold email. It's not considered a cold DM or a cold sales yeah. pitch. You're pitching to people that have already given you their emails and solidified that they do have an interest in whatever it is you're doing. Oh, yeah. Well, and giving someone your email versus just following someone on a platform is it it is a bigger step. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's so funny because I remember whenever we first met and it was a few months ago or a couple months ago. Yeah. And we were at a fashion show for Boot Barn. Uh-huh. They had just started their clothing line, Wonder West. Yeah. And we just like instantly clicked. We were yeah, at the yeah, bar. Yeah. We were talking to the bartender. I'm ordering martinis. I'm like, do you want one? You're like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, yes, I do want one desperately because yeah. I love a dirty martini. Actually, a filthy vodka dirty martini. Oh, speaking um, my language. Speaking my language. Oh, I know. I'm like, I'm going to hit you up in May. I'm going to be like, all right, I'm ready. We're going to go get martinis. Um, but yeah, I also think that's like the wonderful thing about New York and going to events in New York is that you never know where you're going to meet your next friend, your next business contact. And it's such an easy place to almost have like some barrier removed. Mm-hmm. You're not out at a bar meeting random people. You're all there for like a common theme or idea. Like we're all there because, you know, we're into boot barn. Absolutely. Like we were all very into our like fringed leather looks. It was so fun just seeing everybody's outfits there and you were dressed phenomenally. Oh my gosh. And I think that's why I was so drawn to you. And we just had this really passionate conversation about fashion. And I immediately thought I need to have her on my podcast at some point because it's so fun whenever you can meet somebody where you have that same synergy and things just kind of naturally start flowing. But that was a really cool event because it wasn't a traditional fashion show. They yeah, filmed this, yeah. Like, I want to assume like multi million dollar. Oh, it was epic. Video yeah, it this, was like, like Westworld level. Yeah, <laughs> it was super cool. I know. I was like, I would be down for going to whatever that venue was. I know. Too. Same. I want to go chill there for a weekend. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's really interesting with influencer events because you're going to meet some amazing people that you'll hopefully be friends with and continue yeah. that connection. And then sometimes it can be this just exchange, yeah. you know, yeah. sometimes maybe there isn't that like extreme connection or, you know, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. You never really know what you're getting yourself into, yeah. but I always feel really grateful whenever I leave with a friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's part of it. Like I come from the fashion industry, which is not known for being like warm and fuzzy. It's mm-hmm. really like pretty cutthroat, not super nice. And so I think you're grateful when you meet those people that you connect with and that really align with like your core values or what you're interested in or what your sense of style is. And it's kind of the same way in the influencer world. Like they're not all winners, not all events are winners. And like, you're not always going to meet like the nice people people, but like sometimes you do and you're incredibly grateful for those like lifelong connections. Some of my closest friends are other influencers I've met through partnerships or through events. Many of them are actually like the PR and marketing people who ran the partnerships that I was doing that have become like some of my nearest and dearest people. Same. And whenever I was living in DC, I would always tell people that were wanting to get into going to events and influencing and content creation. I was like, you need to be friends with the PR people. Those are the people that put on everything. Those are the people that are running it. Oh yeah. And 
I feel like some of my best friends there are people that were in PR because those are the people that I hung out with the most. You know, yeah. I'd see them at every event. I'd talk to them just about the events and what was going on in the area. And we just actually developed like a really genuine connection. So yeah. I think that's like a really good tip for people that are wanting to maybe just get in the scene a little bit more, just try and, you know, make some friends within the PR industry because they're amazing. Well, they're also like, to your point, they are the people that you have to know. Mm -hmm. And I always like, when I think about going to an event, even when I'm exhausted and I'm like, oh, I really, like, I don't want to go. All I want to do is sit in my pajamas on my couch. And I think about it as this is an opportunity. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what partnerships, what friendships, what have you might come of this. And Honestly, like one of my longest standing partnerships is with Tonal, the at-home workout so device. Cool. And I, they had their opening of the store. I don't know. This was like maybe two years ago at this point, two and a half years ago on in Flatiron on Fifth Avenue. I was like, oh, I have a dinner to go to. I don't really know if I like want to make time to swing by this opening. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I think it's really cool what they're doing. I was there for 15 minutes. I met their head of partnerships. I think I demoed the tonal in like five inch tall Bottega heels. And she was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> and That's incredible. That 15 minute flyby turned into a two and a half year partnership. Like I just signed another six month contract with them. Wow. And it's all from just being like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go and I'm going to put myself out there. Right. I love that. First of all, I feel like that is such just, that explains your personality to a T. <laughs> it does in a nutshell. It's amazing. But I also think it's so important to not be afraid to ask. So yeah. I feel like if I, for example, I, you came to my event for the podcast. Yeah. I just went out on a whim. I was like, Hey, Emily, do you want to come on my podcast? Yeah. And you were so down and here we are, you know? So I think, not being afraid to put yourself out there and have new experiences and not being afraid to ask is so important whenever it comes to this space. I know. And I feel like you are just like, you're, you give like such great advice. I feel like I already have so many things that I can't wait to share like little sound bites from this episode. But I think just having like a really like well-rounded approach to life is so important. And yeah. now that you're literally bringing life into the world. <laughs> is it like really scary or do you just feel like so ready and comfortable and just like ready to start this new chapter? Oh, life? that's such a good question. I think every parent should be terrified, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I, it was such a long battle to get here. Um, I will try to keep my shit together while saying this. It took me like four years to get pregnant and so multiple rounds of IVF, surgery, wow. all of these things. I've started really opening up recently about this on my social media because I think we should be able to have open and honest conversations about fertility and women's health and all of these things. But I am so, so excited to have this kid because it was so hard to get here. Um, and I actually had a friend shoot me a DM the other day and she said, I've never seen you so happy on your social. She's like, you are 
like radiating joy right now. And she's like, you look like you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I was like, it's funny you're seeing that because that's exactly how I feel. Like, I don't know if I've ever been this happy in my entire life, which is like a weird statement to say from a pregnant person. No, um, I think it's beautiful. But like, I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. That scared, is- <laughs> but like exactly where I'm supposed to be. I think that's so beautiful because I actually saw your story the other day when you were running. Yeah. And you said that you had been running in this exact same place for years, just yeah. wondering when oh. you would be pregnant. And yeah. I got chills. Like I actually started tearing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to well, be honest. you know, it's like, oh, I'll, I will tear up saying this, oh. but I running is like one of my passions. And it is the place where I would go through emotions. I would work through things. And so I, so many times, actually, this is like, you know, a emotional conversation wrapped in a life hack. One of the things that I do in order to always get my workout in is like, I will literally run my errands. Oh my God. I will like put a running backpack on and go run to do the thing that I, I like have to go do. two birds with one stone. I love exactly. it. Yeah. New Yorkers were very efficient. Productivity. Um, <laughs> and so I was running over to my friend Christian Siriano's apartment to convince him to <laughs> have the baby, my, have my baby shower at his apartment so that I didn't have to have it in my apartment and bring him a Christmas gift and um, just catch up with him because I hadn't seen him in like two weeks. And... And so I was like, oh, I'll just run to his apartment because I was like, I'll get my workout in. And I was running over the Brooklyn Bridge and I just like had tears streaming down my face because I was like, I have done this run so many times. And to realize like it just like clicked. I was like, I'm finally on the run with my kid literally inside me. And it was just this like really beautiful moment. And I was so happy and so grateful. And it was just this like very full circle moment where I was like, I'm finally here. Yeah. That's like seriously so beautiful. And I can't imagine what was going through your head whenever that was happening. A lot. Oh my God. I mean, also, I think you were the fittest pregnant person <laughs> I've ever came in contact with. It was so funny because I had the anniversary party yeah. at SLT Tread. Yeah. And everybody's running on the treadmill, kind of like huffing and puffing. And you're just in the corner, <laughs> just, oh my gosh, radiating. So I think it's just absolutely beautiful. Like you seem like just so content and truly one of like the most remarkable pregnant people I've ever, I've ever seen. It's so. funny. I was at an event for berries this weekend and I took my husband. It was right around the corner from our apartment. And one of my close girlfriends, we were out to dinner and I was like, she asked me what I was doing on Saturday. And I said, oh, I was going to this workout event. And I was like, oh, I'll just email the PR people. Do you want to come? Um, so she came with and she was laughing because it's like a full berries class, treadmill, weights, all that stuff. And she kept looking over at me being like, God, if, well, if she's still going and she's six months pregnant doing this, I can't stop. Yeah. She was like, you're a great motivator. But also part of it is like every pregnancy is different. It's also how you started pre-pregnancy. Like if you're doing it before pregnancy, they generally say that like within reason you can keep doing that workout. But I've 
felt great. And so I'm like, all right, we're going to keep going. And the other thing is that like, I might not be training for a marathon right now, but I'm training for probably doing the hardest thing I've ever done, which is like shoving a kid out of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to be in like, is the in great shape. Yeah. And so it's really been important to me to make sure that like, I'm taking care of my body. I'm eating really well and just like trying to feel as good as I can, but also realizing that I have limits and I have like leaned into the nap. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. I feel like you've found a way to make the pregnancy really, really fun because you get to try all these new workouts. Like you went to a new workout. Yeah. I went to the nest today, which was, I went to their sculpt class. They're really well known for like a trampoline class, a rebounding class. Mm -hmm. That's really Um, good for your lymphatic system supposedly. Yeah. They also, I didn't know if I could rebound right now, but apparently you can. And it's good for, I don't want to know if it's necessarily de-bloating, but like anti-inflammatory and reducing some of the swelling that can happen. Oh, interesting. Um, so I was like, I'm down, but I will say it was a 50 minute sculpt class with three pound weights. And I, it was hard. It's really hard. <laughs> sculpt is really hard on me. Oh uh, yeah. In a great way. But the instructor teaching us is four weeks from her due date. Like she was very pregnant and she was really like, she was schooling us. So I was like, all right, well, again, if she can do it. Yeah, that was your motivator. Yeah. That was your motivator. But I mean, I'm just so incredibly happy for you guys and that you get to bring this beautiful little angel into the world. And I know that it Better was be an angel. really... <laughs> the seriousness in your eyes better be an angel gonna remind them how hard I worked for them they really are like pushing me absolutely but I'm sure like the years of all that trial and tribulation just makes it so much more worth it yeah it makes it more worth it and the other thing too is that I I learned a lot about myself along the way I might not have wanted to like go through that but I very much have a belief that the universe gives you what you need and maybe not what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it was really hard to get here, but I was in the right place when we got here. Um, I went through like a super dark depression throughout IVF. And I think that there were so many moments where I was desperate for the kid to get here, but I wasn't in a good place. And so... I do believe that like things happen when they're meant to happen. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that have had fertility issues and, you know, it's just so heartbreaking to watch just as like somebody within their support system. And I feel like it's great to hear from people like you that have this amazing success story because it gives them hope that, you know, one day they can have this beautiful family and bring hopefully a beautiful angel into the world. So I am so incredibly excited for you guys. I think it's going to be amazing. 42424. It's going to it's going to be a Wait, wild really? day. That's my due date. Oh my gosh, of course it. Of course that's Isn't that an amazing number. <laughs> that is amazing. I know. I'm like, "Oh, I really want them to be born on that day." You don't fully get all of that control. Um, but yeah, my husband's very excited cuz it's a palindrome. So it's the same forwards and backwards. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's a big math guy. Um, and so he was like, "The kid likes math." Banana math guy. <laughs> Banana math guy. He is uh, He's a so very, very multifaceted human. 
I love that. Well, you are too. So it seems like it's a perfect match. I'm very excited to see how this kid turns out, actually. <laughs> well, that's what I, like I just along the way, I was like, we are too weird and awesome not to like have a kid together. Like the world needs to see this little crazy weirdo no, that's going to be the mashup that is myself and my husband. This baby is going to come out with superpowers. Something. <laughs> with something. Also is going to come out very tall oh, um, because yes. I'm six feet tall and he's like six foot two, six foot three. I don't know what he would say now. Um, but yeah, I'm like, please just don't walk out. <laughs> <laughs> don't walk out. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. that That is great. But I feel like you have experienced living in New York from, you know, the beginning of your early 20s to now. Yeah. And I would love, not just for myself, but I yep. think all the others out there that, you know, are in their 20s and wondering how, you know, their life is going to pan out and what's next for them and, you know, anything that would be good for them to know moving forward. What is like your number one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that is roaming around New York in their 20s, still figuring it out and just trying to come up with, you know, I guess the landscape of what their life is going to be? Mm, good question. I would start with my motto that was like my early 20s self, which was just say yes. <laughs> say yes to the weird event. Say yes to the crazy dinner party that you barely know the people that you get invited to. It is truly how you'll meet your community. It's how you'll meet your tribe and be, be daring. I wish I had been a little less fearful in my twenties. I wish I had lived with, like I was reckless, but I <laughs> wish that I had lived with a little less fear around my career. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe hadn't stayed in jobs longer than I should have and been willing to do the hard thing and do the scary thing in my career sooner. And so being open to new possibilities, being open to saying this job maybe isn't right for me anymore and I should go see what else is out there. There are always a million jobs out there. There are always tons of new friends out there. If you're not with the right tribe of people, if they're not serving you anymore, go put yourself in a new place, put yourself in a new situation. And it works with jobs and friends and romantic relationships. And to me, I think it's really just about not settling for what's just in front of you. I love that. I love that. I think it's great to just change your environment if things aren't working for you, whether that be the people you're surrounding yourself with or maybe what you're doing actively in your life. If you want to pivot and shift, I think that's so beautiful. And I love everything that you just said. But I also have a fun little question for you. Oh. So if you were to plan your own runway show, like you get to creatively decide everything that goes into it, mm -hmm. music, like type of wear, how the models are walking, the whole theme. Like, what would that look like? Because I feel like you would mm. actually throw a fire runway show. 
And as somebody who is like a technical designer, you had your own jewelry line. Yeah. Still, do you still have your jewelry line? I have it. I haven't, like, if I'm being totally honest, done a ton with it in the last two years. It's beautiful. Um, thank you. Gorgeous. Thank you. Like, I need to, I need so to give it a ornate, little more love. Stunning. Yeah. I would, I would literally tell me when because I will purchase <laughs> every single piece. But yeah, I think you are somebody that's so creative, but you're also so business minded. Yeah. So I love like hearing people's interpretations of like what their ideal like runway situation would be. All right. So off the top of my head, I would say it's giving like Studio 54 vibes. Oh, love. It's like very disco, 70s, something really fun. It is probably my favorite era. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of just like how people were putting themselves out there, how th things were changing. Um, and so it would probably be a little Studio 54, a little disco. The music would probably be a little like disco house. It would turn into like an epic party after the runway show. Uh-huh. And yeah, everyone would dance the night away. Have you heard of the blondes? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've they been to many blondes. They shows. do a really good job yeah. at like just turning things into a party. Yeah. I get a lot of like inspiration from them. I think that they're incredible. Oh yeah. And I, lo I love that they're always just pushing boundaries. Yeah. No, exactly. Love. Okay. Phenomenal answer. So last question. If you were to drink a martini in a bikini, <laughs> where would you be and what would you be drinking? Oh, great question. Right now, I have a trip that I want to take on the books to BVI's to the new, I guess it's not new, Rosewood Resort, Little Dick's Bay that's oh, there. Beautiful. So I may go there, I don't know, maybe in like a month or something like that and do a little little vacation. And once this kid has been born, I will be drinking <laughs> a triple X filthy... <laughs> vodka dirty martini with like slight little ice shards in it oh that's the best that is that's my end all be all i also i've just had like i have two martinis that always stick out in my mind as the best filthy dirty martinis i've ever had one is raul's, raul's. in so in soho okay old school super classic new york restaurant mm -hmm. unbelievable dirty martini other one, which is like a really random one, is Craft Steak in Vegas. Okay. Makes the most amazing dirty martini. Wait, so these are all so good to know. I need to get your whole, be on your full list. list. Oh, I've got a list. Because I know we have our green juice. So cheers. We haven't even, cheers. We've been chatting away. I haven't even had any of it. But I feel like there's so many good dirty martini spots in New York that I have yet to discover. Oh, we have such a good cocktail culture in New York. It's so great. It's actually it's hard. I just like want to have one every day. I know. There's actually an amazing, if speaking of our beautiful green juice, if you Please like, a, did. did you? Oh, no. I literally just missed my mouth. Oh well, my I'm glad you're wearing dark sweater dress. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, green it's juice. Better, it's better you than me. Like, at uh, least I know. it wasn't this poor thing. I, like, do this every single time. Every single time, whether I'm drinking a green juice or an actual martini, I just, like, basically bathe myself in whatever I'm drinking. It's like I just forget how to function as a human. But, yeah, no, I've had Bemelman's martini, which mm. I love. 
Um, but I feel like I just need to get out there and explore some new places. Cause you need to get off the rolls. track a little bit. Yeah. It's literally walking distance from here. Oh I'll come join you in May for Okay. One. We're going to plan our little date. Or oh, we will. Date. Mm -hmm. It's going to be lovely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Emily. Thank if you, you want to share with the audience how they can be friends, how they can follow you, all that good stuff, any new exciting things coming up. Amazing. Feel free to share. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at ecamire. So it's E-K-A-M-M-E-Y-E-R. And you can also find me on my blog at accessoriesgal.com. And if you love jewelry, like we were just talking about, I did a fine jewelry collaboration this year with the jeweler Sophie Ratner, R-A-T-N-E-R. -E and we did a little number collab. So you can choose your numbers that are meaningful, dates that are meaningful to you. And I wear a 13. 13 is my favorite number. And so you can find those on sophieratner.com. But yeah, lots of more fun things coming this year. I feel like you always have so many exciting things in the works. So you guys make sure to follow her because I feel like every day it's something new and it's just so exciting to keep up with. But again, thank you so much for coming on. This was so amazing. And I feel like I learned so much. So I can't wait to hear what everybody thinks. And if you guys liked this episode, please feel free to like, rate, and subscribe. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Think of what you can do to just slow down your heart rate, make yourself feel a little better, going on a walk, meditating, Pilates class. You're manifesting. You're setting yourself up to start that journey of whatever you're manifesting.